0: Hi, my name is Tracy G, and I'm an inner work coach, NLP trainer and podcaster extraordinaire. Passionate about equality in the world that is more diverse and inclusive, giving each and every one of us the opportunity to be the best version of ourselves. As a biracial woman, I've experienced my fair share of discrimination in the past and come out on top. We all know that discrimination and bias still exists in the world today. And it's not always easy to know what to do about it. This podcast, All One Inclusive, is about celebrating all diversity and being proud of all that you are. I chat with inspiring guests and my friends as we share stories from news sources and listeners from all over the world who have experienced some form of discrimination firsthand. The aim is for us to be able to discuss this issue more openly so it becomes better understood by all and provides tips about what you can do to make a difference. The world may have a lot of catching up to do, but if we can imagine a more equal world, we can create change, step by step, ripple by ripple. Hello. Hello. Happy hump day. Hi. You too, Tracy. How have you been? I'm all right. I've got a bit of a cold today. So I'm oh. and, I, and, I, and i'm like a man with a cold i'm like oh so terrible it's because i never get sick so i'm not used to being sick i'm used to being like feeling great oh look oh look at me and um, also oh, so when
1: you say you're you're being like a man are you saying like is it like a soldier i'm or- being
0: stereotypical
1: yeah rather I'm than prejudice. Because <laughs> it can either go two ways. It can either go being a typical man as in soldiering on or being a typical man whereby you're denying the illness.
0: No, I'm soldiering on, but I'm also going on about it like I'm dying. Oh, okay. Those two things. Okay, um, But actually, even in that story, you know, there's a stereotype and the kind of that you joke about. Apparently, and I don't, I don't know, I haven't looked at the research, but apparently there was research to say that men have a lower pain tolerance than women so they did feel it it did feel a lot worse to them when oh, they were sick I um I don't that's, know if that's true yeah
1: actually that's interesting I actually was watching an article very very a short article on tv actually just last night and there was a an experiment on redheads and pain thresholds So that the same no, that's not the same thing talk I'm talking about, about, but I saw that as well on the news. Yeah, it was interesting. I was like, oh, that kind of perked up my ears. I was like, yeah. wow, okay, redheads yeah. have had different pain threshold.
0: threshold. I thought that's really cool. I just love redheads. I never always loved redheads. People have a problem with that. I just think they're beautiful. Their hair's beautiful. I don't know. This is my thing. I just know what it is. I think I'm, I'm, what's the word? I'm designed to love difference. That's just me. Not everybody is. I do though.
1: So, anyway, to be honest with you, I haven't really paid attention to that. Yeah, I've never, I've never really kind of categorised it in that way, or reflected and and seen any patterns in. in, I I just, I just, I just look.
0: (laughs) so whatever. It's just like a lot of there's a lot of derogatory things said about redheads, and it's like become like a joke that's acceptable to I don't know with the names and things it's just like it's
1: beautiful.
0: And, oh and what else have I been doing I went to the arts Archie Archibald oh okay Archibald prize yeah but yeah. in, in the in the art world. Yeah. In the art world. And I haven't been for years because I used to go every year when I remember when I moved here. These things I didn't have accessible to me where I where I grew up. Um, unless I went to like London or Manchester, maybe, probably. But I didn't live that close to just pop in. So living in Sydney, I started to go to the MCA quite a lot in the gallery in New South Wales and they would tend to watch or view that Archibald which is a prize exhibition portrait for portraits Um, and actually there's the Sulman and another one that happened at the same time I think it's Wiseman, Sulman and Archibald I don't know why the Archibald's more famous or more marketed but they all happened at the same time and so the Archibald is portrait. And then the one of the others is um, like landscapes. And then one of the others, I think, is just Australian artists. Um, or they're all Australian artists. I don't know. Something about Australia. Holly was explaining it to me and I forgot already. And, and have you
1: announced the
0: Archibald winner? Does yes. Yeah. No, the winner was there. I'll tell you what was amazing. There's always... A children's section, so where children—I can't remember the call—it actually genius or something.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, you seen the? You've seen it before, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. The children's. Oh my gosh, amazing eye from the children from ages seven to sixteen, and that's on. that, you can view that as well, which I always do, and it's just incredible how t- the talent at, at such a young age.
1: Yeah, so, amazing and it's great that, it's great that they, they were are able to celebrate it in that forum. So and it also yeah. actually hold it. So it, it gives aspiring young artists, you know, that opportunity to yeah. that they're working, which is fantastic.
0: To be uh, so.
1: Tell us about just... the winner. And tell us about and um, tell us about some of the artwork oh that you've
0: Don't ask me to remember. Either I'm visual. I'll, I don't remember. The
1: names, what does the but... what does the, the, the um, uh, winning winning artist um look like the portrait look like all right so
0: it looks like it's a canvas and it's some it's a picture of a whole person and there. but the special thing about the picture I have to get it on my phone let's describe it is that part of the canvas is um taken away so you know behind the canvas you've got the wooden yeah whatever they call that the hold crib. it together crib right yeah. see so the crib part of the crib looks like the fence in the background,
1: right? I see. I see. Does, okay. does that make sense? Yes. So, so in them I mean, again, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not an expert in the art world at all. But um we've, 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 especially olden canvases, we tend to put a backing, which we call a crib, uh, on the back of a, a canvas, yeah, to support it, yeah. to make sure that
0: it, yeah. And it was kind of mixed medium, longevity. mixed medium. So it's a person, and they've got curly hair, potentially Afro hair, so. It's mixed medium, so they've got actually denim sewn onto it. And it's like, um, I don't know how you describe it's it. Little, it sounds like a collage. Yeah, it's almost like a collage. So It is a canvas, but the it's cut out. And then it's like a netting webbing thing. So yeah. you can see the crib. It's looks like a mesh. So it's like a mesh, yeah. You can see the crib, looks like a fence. And then it's like coloured in, so it looks like somebody sat in a field. And they're wearing jeans, but it's actual denim material and the hair is actually material. So it looks, it's like 3D almost. Oh wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that was the one that won. I oh, don't, okay. don't ask me who it was. This is what I mean. I just look at the pictures, I don't even, like it was famous, lots of famous Australians in exhibition as in portraits of them. Uh, but I'm not that familiar with famous Australians as I've not grown up here, but just amazing. I just love the art. It was just incredible, I thought. Anyway, and it was a party. So it was an evening thing, and there was DJs. That was so cool. And it just goes to show how old I am. Because I went, and, and there's this band playing, and they were really cool. It was all girls. It was a bit Spice Girls, but a bit more hard, edgy, like Duff Duff. Music. Right,
1: okay. so, so a techno version of Spice Girls
0: kind of yeah and i was like oh who's these it's good and holly's like oh they're on triple j they're on all the time they're called whatever they were called i'm like i'm getting old i don't even listen to triple j anymore i used to listen to them daily religiously uh, i just don't really listen to the radio anyway it's all spotify playlists now that's mm-hmm. why for about that what have you been doing um. Ah. Uh,
1: yeah. You know, taking advantage of uh, you know Sydney's walks, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and just kind of uh, definitely getting back into my Netflix, which I love. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's, of- there's a couple of new Netflix ones I should definitely put out there. Um, one I saw recently was it's actually a an Australian made production filmed here down the road from me in Mm. tamarama and bronte um and that's what got my attention on the trailer and then the actor main actor is a british actor so that got my attention Um, and so because i wouldn't normally it's uh, sorry it's called um the movie's called long story short oh it's a movie so i don't know if you've seen it or not but uh, it's a comedy uh, but it's a parody of life and how you approach life. Okay. And it's set in, it's set in the eastern suburbs. And, and it's, uh, yeah, the main character is, is a British guy. The rest of the cast are all Australian. Uh, and it's literally filmed here, down the road, in Tam- mm-hmm. Tamarama. And so places where it was filmed when I was watching it, it was really strange because I this is how this is where I live kind of thing. It was it was really quite surreal, mm. and I could definitely relate to a film. So long story short, um, I highly recommend it. it's not something I usually look at, um, but I did and I absolutely loved it.
0: All right, I'll, I'll check it um, out then. And
1: then the other one I'd recommend, um, I think you'd like this actually, Tracy, because it's a series mm-hmm. and it's called Survival of the Thickest. I've seen the a lot. It's really good. It's quite quirky. And it's quite, it's not quirky, it's sassy. Sassy. It's badass. Sassy That's badass. Sad.
0: Is it it American? Is,
1: and, and again, it's not something that I normally be drawn into straight away. It came up as in, as a recommendation on my account. thought I'd give it, a, give it a go. And yeah, it was the first episode really kind of got me in. I was like, Oh, actually this is, it, it was like, I think it was about eight, eight episodes and they're fairly short. And I thought, yeah, I could do this. And and actually I really enjoyed it. It's a bit, it's a bit like a it's a bit like a very sassy badass Carrie Bradshaw. Okay. And is it like that sounds like a
0: documentary or is it like
1: no, a... it's it's actually like a sex and the city style kind oh, of series, but okay. it's literally like I said, it's it's a it's a sassy badass. And Carrie is it Bradshaw? And is it,
0: Survival of the thickest. I thought it was a documentary about people no. that were
1: big. No, survival of the thickest, and the main character. Um, she's. Yeah. You know, again, I'm going to go kind of circle back. I hate that saying, but but again, it's like going full circle on on the start of this the start of this podcast when we're talking about how we see people, and I didn't even so for me even with a title I didn't even when I was it's only when I was watching a few series i was like oh i get it that's why what episodes i was like thinking oh that's why it's called survival of the thickest because it's about a big girl yeah even even after the first episode and i watched it i i wasn't thinking about oh she's a big girl Mm. now that you've mentioned it and said oh you know i and even when i was just just explaining it i didn't even make reference to she's a big girl because i don't see that that's the way i see it i just see I just see things literally as they are. I don't.
0: But you do know. must hear of it. You must. You're not in a like a.
1: Bubble. Yeah, I you do, just... but I don't like it. Like I said, I don't really. I don't tend to categorise or label. I just see it as they are as, as they are. And, as I and, and I'm, like for example, survival survival of the thickest. I was I was simply enjoying it. I it wasn't because, um, I wasn't even really thinking about. Oh, she's a big girl, and this, you know, it wasn't really really that it's only until I was watching a few episodes in and that topic came up and Mm. even though even actually the topic didn't really come up the reason why the series is quite badass and sassy is because she owns what she looks like Mm. and she doesn't really doesn't really come up that much a a topic that did come up was the Black Lives Matter Mm. and that was the only kind of yeah that was that was that was the only kind of real that that issue that really stood out for me in that series but even that they touched on it for maybe one episode but like I said it's light-hearted yeah and it's humor and it's like that very it's 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 kind of like a sex in the city feel to it mm-hmm. you follow the journey of the main character um and as you mentioned she is a bigger girl but that she doesn't make that a so sense. it's not about like, that yeah, what is yeah that but that? It's, the way, it's the way she just owns herself and the way that yeah. she gets into like i said i don't want to give out any spoilers but mm-hmm. something happens to her in the beginning of her journey mm-hmm. and she can go in a few ways she can yeah and, read, and she takes us on that journey mm-hmm. with her about how she navigates through that and a story then unfolds right. so, um and that's what i'm saying it's very short series um oh, okay. so I'd definitely recommend
0: that well it's number two on Netflix and it keeps popping up Do you really yeah it keeps popping up so I've noticed it and I and the reason I noticed she was big is because I'm guessing I'm always like well, why what the title what's the title about right. I honestly thought it was a documentary um about bigger people I don't know I didn't I didn't know because I didn't read it so
1: when, to, when, some, when, when, when it comes to language that's the other thing it's like you know when you say oh something so thick you know that could be really quite badass something so thick as in like yeah that could be so big you, know, you don't know what kind of you know that, that I guess it
0: depends what context you've heard it used
1: in yeah that's that's it and I've heard it used in many contexts so I didn't necessarily think about oh she's a big girl mm. so, yeah and I think I think also the way that she the way that, especially the first episode, like because she owns who she is, mm. i, I d- it didn't really come into my mind that oh, she's a big girl. It's like for me, I just saw it as like, wow, she's great. So mm. I found it very funny. Like I said, it's like a very kind of, it is a very not similar, but it reminds me of that Sex in the City, like, you cool. know, it's a the main character, yeah. there's her friend circle, and then you have stories that you follow with her friend circle.
0: Mm. All right, cool. Um, well, we'll have to check it out. Yeah. All right, I think we've got some stories, haven't we? Yes, we have. So the
1: first story that we're going to be kicking off with, excuse a pun, is around Women's World Cup. That's oh yeah, there. Women's World Cup.
0: So before you before you get into the story, like the Women's World Cup is being held in Australia, right? This year. That's right, yes. And my my friend, our mutual friend who's a journalist, is doing a documentary on, on the Women's World Cup. So I'm just giving a shout-out to Joanna Lester, who's oh. and friend, Jojo, uh, who's been asked to do a documentary on them. So I think that's pretty cool. That is amazing. Yeah, yeah Well, amazing. Jo
1: is a very talented journalist, you know, and a filmmaker. So uh, some of the Women's World Cup would be silly not to ask Jo to be
0: involved. I know, and and she and so she's invited me to the match, a match, Jamaica versus France. That's this funny. week. Yeah, I'm going to go to that, but I think I should go to Nigeria because you know it's Nigeria. Of and this is and if there's a and when the when the UK play, I might go and watch them because there's free free viewings at the stadium near me. Go and watch for free on the screen, of course. Um, so I might get into it, and I'm really on the news of it news coverage there's a couple of things that were amazing to me um, the kids the young boys watching and getting excited about it the young girls watching and getting excited about it especially some of the things they're saying um, things like oh my god you can do it you know she can do anything I can do anything you know that kind of attitude that you yeah. don't generally hear you don't I've never heard it before um, and I just think that's really beautiful to have to have that game celebrated here in that way and the kids getting so excited but also I don't know if you saw what France put out France put out a promotional video of their team oh okay no I didn't see this I didn't see it, it was on the news because it was amazing and what they did is they AI'd they took footage of the women playing yeah. and they AI'd it, to put men's heads on so they were showing all the clips the, oh, of okay. the football yeah. and, and they're going, look at this game, don't you want to watch this game? Isn't it cool? Look at the players the players are so great or something like that. Yeah. And it was like, and they were fast and they were going and it's like, yeah. And then at the end, they changed back. And the, and the point that we're trying to make is women's football is just as exciting as men's because that's I a common, common misconception. It's like, oh, it's not as good or they're not as fast or whatever. Um, I've heard that actually. I've heard a guy tell me, other oh, game's not as fast. Or, uh... But if you look at the professionals, they're just as good. And that video just proves it. And I just thought yeah, it was so have... clever.
1: Oh, I mean, It does sound clever. I'll have to have a look at that. So, uh, and I like the, the French. I, I think, yeah, and I think coming from a creative background, it's really interesting that that they've used that or they've taken on that perspective and how they found a solution to it, how they found a, how how the production team found a creative solution to something yeah to a perspective that was obviously put forward to them matching that brief and it's interesting too because i mean last year this time last year i suppose i should ask you tracy because this time last year i wasn't here in australia mm-hmm. i was back in the uk and that was when the women's world cup sorry that was when, when the uk um the world's cup and that kind of atmosphere was very rife especially in london and I remember that weekend when when the women's team were playing, and there were so many people like gathering to parks, and because they had the big screens on,
0: mm. and
1: they even had, they even filtered the storyline into um, Coronation Street, oh, um, Extenders, yeah. for example, because um, a lot a lot of a lot of soaps in the UK, well, the soaps the two top soaps in the UK, they tend to promote or lead in storylines, which probably- we. Were- happening so well yeah so there were there were storylines around um women or girls playing football and there was this this really great positive atmosphere and like you said you know a lot of these kind of um uh yeah a lot of sharing of oh you know we can do anything that kind of attitude and which is fantastic and that was all last year and that was happening last year in, in London and you know how you just explained it like over here and I like I know that I know that when Matildas were, were playing last year, like what was the atmosphere like
0: over here this time last year when that was also going on? I don't know, because it wasn't the World Cup here. Like the World Cup's hosted here, so it becomes a bigger deal. Oh. So I don't know, because I'm, I'm not a football follower, so I soccer. Okay. So I yeah, so, so,
1: last, so this time last year, it was, it, was, it was like that over in London. So it, it's great to see that that's now happening. It is. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It is. I just thought I'd mention that for you
1: yeah yeah so this uh this storyline it's from thenews.com.au um i'll read it out it's the headline is enormous pay disparity in women's world cup exposed and the article says all eyes are on women's world cup but new research has revealed a dark truth for every player as the globe turns its both collective focus towards the 2023 fifa women's world cup a spotlight has been shown on the enormity in pay difference between the men and women's teams, while it would come as no surprise to most of us, some inequity still exists in 2023. The true extent of the disparity will likely come as a shock. So let's go on to see what this article says about that. The country with the biggest gender pay gap in terms of average team salary, according to Oddspedia research, was revealed to be England which has an astronomical gap of minus 2,425%. While the men's World Cup team has an average team salary of $13.5 million, the women's World Cup, the second favourites to win, takes home peanuts in comparison with just $532,000. The U.S. World Cup team, which is at the top of the list to win, has a gender pay gap of minus 739%, which is representative of more than $2.5 million. The U.S. Women's World Cup team's average team salary is even less than England at $341,000, uh, while the men earn just shy of $3 million at 2865 dollars The Australians aren't much better with a gender pay gap of minus 549%, and the average team salary for the men being 836,000 to the women's 128,000. So the article goes on to give some more stats around the world, including from Argentina, Morocco, and Portugal. Um, But is the UK worse, worse overall? It uh, said that, he said that England is is the worst in comparison. Um, and it based, and, the, and the article goes on to say collective bargaining has allowed us to ensure we now get the same conditions as the Socceroos, um, which is a professional Australian men's team, with one exception, FIFA will still only offer women one quarter as much prize money as men for the same achievement, the players said. So I suppose with this article, I suppose it kind of brings, I mean, I think I think it's been there's been it's common knowledge that female football players earn less than male football players. Um, and I suppose that also is reflected in the advert that you mentioned, Tracy, just now. And I suppose it's, it's, it's highlighting that gender pay discrimination is, is blatant in female sports, i.e. football. And so like and in comparison if we saw it in the workplace here, let's say for example, there was a Department of Technology and there were which was made up of all males and then a female um, technical engineer comes on board and let's say she's paid 180 thousand whereas her male counterparts are paid 538 thousand. So, you know, what would that look like? Would that, would, that, would that be acceptable or how is that managed in the workplace uh, in comparison to, you know, how FIFA is dealing with this pay gap? So I suppose that's what this article is probably getting at.
0: Well, I don't know, maybe. For me, it was just the big, how big they are, because we already know the gender pay gaps in the workforce you know the general workforce but they're not that big like thousands of percent that's insane compared to in the general workforce you might it might be 10 percent you know 20 percent max there's no nothing higher than that that I've heard of which is still significant thousands of percent but the that's just astronomical I just couldn't even get my head around it but that aside because it's you know like you say it's not it's known that there's a, a gap, and especially in sport. Um, that the main thing they're complaining about is the prize money, because that's not, nothing to do with what their countries pay them. Right. The prize money comes from Fiverr. So putting on the World Cup, they're paying 25, they're paying them 25% of what they pay the men in prize money. And that's, I think, the biggest um, complaint right now, even though the rest is terrible. I think that's the biggest complaint. Why isn't the prize money the same?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure about where, where FIFA gets the prize money from. You know, it could be a lot of advertising. It could be sponsorship. Um, it could be, in terms of awareness, it could be sponsors. And so private sponsors. And again, going back to the advert that you mentioned about in France Mm. and about how France is looking at the discrepancy between the attitudes of men's football compared to women's football. Mm. And that's what I'm going to kind of relate it to um, because the advertising and sponsorship and private sponsors in men's football, they may not be as great in women's football. And maybe at this time, maybe, again, maybe, because I don't know, I'm putting it out there. Mm. I'm just trying to figure out why, why you know, yeah, why if there's, if there's a difference in prize money and the prize money is managed by FIFA, where is FIFA? If FIFA is getting more sponsorship in terms of monetary value from men's football, which I assume it would be, um, of course it's going to be bigger. It's called, of course, the lump sum is going to be bigger so maybe that could be the maybe that could be the explanation and considering that women's football is you know we're only seeing we're only recently seeing the rise and popularity of women's football compared to to, compared to men's football you know it's there's still a little bit of a way to go we are we are seeing progression and you know maybe this is the start of a progression Mm. maybe that's how it is
0: yeah maybe perhaps perhaps that's right and I'm sure if asked that could be something they would say. And I'd be interested to know if that's actually true because there's a lot of companies really strongly wanting to back um, gender equality initiatives gen- and to be seen to do that. So they're getting a lot of sponsorship from major, major players because of that. So I don't know if it's strictly true that the, the sponsorship's that different, but even if it was, the guys, you know, the guys that run, they're taking, they're getting masses and masses of profits. So it's not like they don't have the money to pay them the same. It might eat into their profits mind more than the men's, if that was true. But they have the money to pay them more than 25%. Yeah.
1: Do you know I, what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Well, we don't know. This is a thing we're speculating here. We just don't know. I mean, what I do know is that <laughs> the, the money that is plowed into men's football, is massively different to the money that is ploughed into women's football. That is, there's a massive gap there. That mm. is one thing I am certain of. It's one thing mm. I'm definitely certain of. I remember back, one of my first jobs was with ITV Digital, and I was working with <coughs> department. and mm. that was in 1999. So we're talking almost 25 years ago, and mm. um, there was no money in women's sport exactly no no money that was 25 years ago yeah exactly so that's why that's why i'm saying is that one thing that i don't know about where where fifa's getting their money from but what i do know is that in terms of sponsorships um private sponsorships
0: yeah.
1: um which is where a, a percentage of fifa's money is, is likely to be coming from it's there's a massive amount of money going into men's football yeah, and absolutely. in comparison there isn't that much money going into women's football but we and don't that's,
0: know that's where that gap is
1: and because so like
0: you said 25 years ago a well, lot's changed
1: yeah exactly but maybe but exactly but me you know and we're seeing a little bit of that change <laughs> one thing that one thing that i do like is that and which is that uh, last year when it came to um the england women's world when it comes to england women's world cup and, and England winning. I remember there was a comment made saying that because, because England haven't won the World Cup in so many years and have been waiting and waiting and waiting and we come so close. I remember there was a comment made saying, if you need a job done well, you've got to send in the women. <laughs> and I loved that. That was great. That was so funny because it was spot on. So <clears throat> that's what I think I'd probably end this in uh, that article discussion. With. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Actually, I remember that because I, I remember you talking about how, because you were really interested watching it. And you were, were you getting up at silly times to watch it?
1: Yes. No, I was Well, I was in, I was in England last year, and that was great because I didn't, you know, it was, I was able to join in with the, with the Women's World Cup celebration. So it's fantastic. But when it comes to the men's football, which I'm, which I'm really interested in, is yeah. So I, I get up, yeah, silly times. Yeah, I get up silly times here in Australia, especially when it's, when it's England playing. Hmm. so put post-it notes on my front door of my flat just in because lots of screaming tends to happen at about four o'clock five o'clock in the morning so in case one of my neighbors comes over and wants to knock on my door and say can you keep the volume down i actually put post-it notes saying say england are playing
0: actually um on that note when the men's men's team were playing they had similar in our building because there's brazilians live here and then obviously brazil I don't know, they were generally in the World Cup. So one of the top teams. So similarly, here they were getting up because you could actually hear having a pies at silly times. Um it's
1: a great atmosphere, though. It really is. It really, and, and that's what that's what I love about that. Is that is a great thing about yeah. about football is that and sport it brings people together which is fantastic and i remember i know over here in eastern suburbs you know around six seven o'clock in the morning after after all the penalty shootouts and all the heartbreak you know you go for you can go for a walk and you bump you, you see people wearing very england shirts and you just kind of put your hand up or you know you do a little salute mm. it definitely yeah it brings people together and mm. uh, and that's something that it did last year in the uk you know i remember you know going down to loo and just having like loads of just like these guys in their England shirts last year you know Mm. kind of got together in groups you know and um you know to to back the women's football so it's beautiful really
0: great atmosphere so talking of bringing people together this story warmed my heart Um, I brought a few tears actually when I read it but I just feel emotional so Story is from today, which is a US news outlet. I think they have like it's a TV show, but they have a website. And the title or the headline of this story says, She asked for a toy that looked like her adopted son and never expected this response. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful story. And it says, When five-year-old Archer or Archie Kaufman walks down a toy aisle. He rarely sees himself reflected in the rows of figurines. When there aren't toys like him, he asks why. Nicky Kaufman Archer's mom, mom, American, tells today. So Nicky is his mom, adopted mom, and Archer obviously doesn't look like his adopted mother. When he asks, when asked what it feels like to not see toys that look like him. Archer says it feels not good. Everyone should have that, the little boy tells today. It makes them happy. So when Archer received a surprise gift from Fisher-Price, a little people toy designed to, to look just like him, he experienced that happiness firsthand. And there's a picture of Archie. And when I saw the picture, I think he's like five years old. I thought he dyed his hair. What color is his hair? Because his hair looks like strawberry blonde, like ginger, even strawberry blonde ginger. I'd never seen a black child with ginger hair. Oh yeah, that's
1: a good point. I've seen I've seen black kids with blonde hair. Oh, have you? Mm. Like
0: you mean like a like Papua New Guinea kind of?
1: Yeah, hair. yeah. So it's like like it's
0: lighter hair. Yeah, I've seen. Mm. Yeah. Well, anyway. I was like, wow. And he's, he's just, the picture's beautiful. It's his smiley face. He's lost his two front teeth. Aww. He's wearing like a white jumper with his name stitched on it, Archer. And he's so happy. Um, And his, ma- his mom his mom says, I opened the box and started crying. Archer asked why. And I said, Archer, they made you. And his little jaw dropped. And he snatched the box out of my hands, whipped around and shouted, it's me.
1: Also, Fisher Price made a, a bespoke doll. They like, did, just like Archie. Did they call it the a... Archie? They should put
0: that out there on the shelves. Call it the Archie. It is. It is. It's, it's so so beautiful. Um, and Nikki's husband adopted, Nikki and her husband adopted Archer shortly after he was born. Um, Nikki couldn't have a baby, and you know they matched with the birth mother, uh, which is beautiful. And they're still in touch with the birth mother. That's part of the story. Um, And then, and there's a picture of him as a little baby. So cute. Um, That's a great,
1: real good story. And especially when, um, and, and hopefully it gives, it should, hopefully, you know, it's ideas for other production companies, doll production companies like Mattel, you know, maybe instead of having like a version of a Barbie, maybe every year, maybe look to the real world and nominate or select a person, a real life person and model a doll and have that every year, like the release of, you know, Archie or somebody who's who's done, maybe, you know, maybe somebody who's done good in society or somebody who's, I don't know, who's a great role model
0: and, and actually have a doll of them released every year. Well, this is what's good about the story I'll keep reading uh, she says, when someone makes that sacrifice, she's talking about the birth mom, for your dreams to come true. You do everything you can to live up to that choice. And it's a complicated, huge responsibility when you're a white parent adopting a child of another race. We knew that going in, and I knew how important it would be for us to make sure that he could see himself. For five years, Nikki has searched for toys, books, and holiday decorations that look more like her son. <clears throat> And when a company succeeds in providing diverse toys and products, she contacts them to say thank you. So when a company fails, she sends a letter politely asking them to do better. And on Archer's fifth birthday, Nikki decided to ask people to donate diverse and inclusive toys, books, and art supplies to Archer's predominantly white preschool. Many of the donations were Fisher Price's little people figurines, featuring children with different skin tones, hair textures, and physical abilities. And what is hard to find is a toy with brown skin and red hair, Nikki says. So I wrote to Fisher-Price, thanked them profusely for the work they were doing, and then left a PS that said something like, if you ever decide to design a little person with brown skin and red hair, please let us know. So this is what happened. Um, She got a letter from the vice president of design at Fisher Price, who said that your story has been shared with everyone who works on the little people figurines you mentioned. And to say that it made our day would be an understatement. You and Archer have inspired us. We know that when kids play with our little people, they are playing out scenarios they see in the world around them. And feeling like they are part of that world is critical. And the email ended with this vice president asking the family's address, So it could make sure Arch any school have the full representation of our little people figures. So then she received a special box from the Fisher Price with a letter on top, frameable with a picture of the new doll signed by everybody in the design department and the, the little figurine. And it even has, the figurine even has the outfit he was wearing in the photograph. Like they even made the outfit and the shorts. It's so cute. They got his hair perfect. And it's the amount of work and effort they put into the toy is astounding. That's what his mum says. It's like, mm-hmm. oh my God, it's really, really beautiful. And, and this was like a, a thing from Fisher. They said that we felt such a sense of pride knowing we had impacted this one family. How could anyone not be inspired by both Nikki's letter and that beautiful photo of Archer? It means everything to us, that feeling of joy and excitement we see on every child's face when interacting or playing with one of our toys is the reason we do what we do. Um, And then another employee at Fisher Price reached out to Nikki, Archer's mom, on Instagram personally, and she said that I have a little Archer on my desk. They literally ordered one for each of their staff. Um, So that was was it. And then I want to read this bit because it's to the point of his adopted mum saying, not seeing color does not help. So Nikki says, Archer's little people's figurine is so much more than a toy. It's a reminder that representation matters. I worry about things I can't control. I worry about him getting killed by the police or people viewing him as an adult. She says, adding that Archer is big for his age. I can't control any of that, but what I can do right now is make sure that the spaces he's in right now helping to know how incredible he is, that his school takes the time to understand that he has brown skin and that not seeing color doesn't help. I need them to have toys and books that look like Archer because that's how they understand that brown skin isn't less than. And I'm in a really unique position as a white woman with a black kid to help people understand why representation matters. Black parents are tired and they already know it's important. Archie has continued to donate little people toys with brown skin like me to his preschool and his friends to enjoy. And, and then it ends with saying that he his comment, Archie says, I got an Archie Army. And that was I it. like that
1: Archie Army. That's yeah. great. I like yeah. that. That's, that's beautiful. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Mm. And that's the thing about saying I don't see colour or I don't see it, it can imply that you don't. You can't. You don't recognize the challenges that they experience in everyday world in their lives, and that they have to overcome because of that color or whatever it might be. And I think that's why it's so important to have representation, and so important to see these things.
1: Mm. I think also on, on also on the flip side, it's a case of like so. For example, when I say I don't see you know when I, like for example i was explaining the netflix scenario with the episode where i didn't i didn't my mind didn't go automatically into oh she's a big girl
0: no yeah, i understood what you were saying
1: that there isn't any any discrimination i don't see people i you know that's that's i i see i see things that's at face value so mm. i think that's i think it's also um, it's not necessarily a bad thing to say oh you don't see color i don't i don't negate the challenges bigger people or people of color or people of red hair have gone through. I I simply see them as face value.
0: I get so that. I think that's that's yeah. Important. I get what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, totally understand. Just understand that how, that's how it could be interpreted as well. When that's when that's what those exact words. If somebody says to me, "I don't see color," but I didn't what say I, think. I didn't
1: I didn't say it as that's not what I led with.
0: No, um, I'm talking about the, ter- the actual phrase. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about that phrase. I don't see, or I don't see can be interpreted that way.
1: That's yeah. And, and lots of things can be interpreted in lots of different ways. And, mm-hmm. and, and so when I said, I don't see color is because it was because I was, Oh, asked, you didn't say that. Because if I was asked, Oh, didn't you see that? Didn't you, didn't you think about it in the title? Didn't you see that? That's not where my mind went because no, I didn't no. have that. I didn't have that banner of labeling or that type Mm. of thing it's literally taking people's face value and isn't that what everyone wants to be taken as That face value
0: it is absolutely and if the world was like that that would be great Um, but it isn't um, yeah and and maybe so maybe
1: i see maybe i live in an ideal world scenario or maybe i was rose-tinted spectacles Uh, but you know again i don't want to be I don't want to be made to feel like I'm walking on eggshells if I'm, you know, every time I have it, I'm having a conversation around, okay, what how can this be interpreted? It's like, especially if I'm seeing things at face value, mm. then I don't want to be seen as though, oh, I don't want to feel as though I'm walking on eggshells. Because even seeing things at face value, if seeing things at face value can also be misinterpreted, then where will we end up?
0: Well, it's not misinterpreted because that's that's what people, some people that say that, that's what they mean. They, they just think I don't see. That's what they mean. That's exactly what they're saying, and it's the evidence is there. I don't see color, so I don't need to think about um, any initiatives to change systemic racism. If we're talking about color Again, specifically, it's, it's
1: it's where it's where it's it's how it's interpreted. It's how it's coming from. So you know, it's um it's it's quite a sensitive area whereby someone can be feeling as though okay, well you know you're walking on eggshells when they didn't mean that. The intention wasn't. I get there. it. If someone else. But you just there, need to if understand it, if it's on someone else's radar, and that other person who is landed with doesn't see that, then yeah. you know it's it's two conflicting ideas. So, it just it's and, just
0: it's about understanding, and that's all
1: from both points.
0: Yeah, yeah. You need to understand the, the different perceptions of that comment and how some people that say that actually feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but also that the person should also... Well, the person, it's good, great to be mindful of the fact that they they may not be coming from that approach. They may not be coming, probably not what the intention was.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you've got to be okay with that conversation. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Okay, I think it's time for... What would you do?
1: Mm. Um, So what would you do that came up this week um is uh um, right. sorry what would you do sorry. the conversation that came up with that came up this week was a uh, uh, friend of my friend um, is a head at a private prestigious boys school and a few months ago a pupil announced that they were embarking on their transition journey and the parents of a pupil have paid the yearly fees and it's quite because it's a prestigious school the fees are astronomically high um, but the parents have already paid the yearly fees so what provision um, I've thought about this because I was thinking what provisions could the could be feasibly made to support the transition without compromising the school's heritage and also the reputation of the school being a boys school so what would you do in that situation? Like, yeah, how, would, how could the school handle that
0: situation? Well, you know, I'm not a teacher. I'm not a principal. I don't know what the rules are. Um, I can only, only give my opinion and I'll probably give it from the perspective of that child because I couldn't possibly know what that particular child is thinking. And it may be that other children going through the same thing or have different ideas. Um, but I guess they're already if they're already enrolled in that school and' already part of that school and already part of that community, I think that the school would should do everything they can to accommodate that child and keep them there that's their wish and because they're that's, enrolled so that's
1: that's the question is that if yeah. they' if they're um they're at a boys school and they're yeah.
0: transitioning yeah
1: so, um, so
0: I think it's about the I the, thought the, thought the, the wellness of the kids like. Pulling them out of their school that they've been to and known because they've changed sex. Yeah, so, what, think, so
1: what provision, that's, why, that's what, well, what would you do? It's like, so it's a boys Well, that's what I mean. You don't I don't do everything
0: have... I can to keep them there, even yeah. though they're transitioning. That's what I do.
1: So it'd be a yeah. lot. So, 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 for example, a separate yeah. toilet, for example, a separate yeah. bathroom, that kind you'd of thing.
0: You'd have to there. start to do that. And you'd have to have conversations with the family about um, when was appropriate for those types of things. Um, and I, th- I think legally anyway, I think they can't discriminate. I think they're already enrolled. So even if they transition on their birth certificate, there's still probably a, a male on their birth certificate. So legally they can't, I don't think they've got a leg to stand on anyway if they decided, oh, you're a girl now, go to girl girl's school. I don't think they'd be allowed to do that. I think it would have to be a discussion and a choice with the family and the child, of what they wanted to do. So yeah, and they would have to do all those things that like you said, they'd have to change, they'd have to have different separate facilities. There'd be a lot. It's a big it'd be a big deal for schools to have to deal with that. Um we like we we're, we're probably likely to be seeing more of that, aren't we? I don't know. I really don't know. Maybe. Um, maybe, yeah well it's
1: an interesting thing so let's see you know watch this space to see how to see how this story kind of unfolds and and ends up maybe yeah becoming more common you know i guess it would be as
0: that yeah
1: maybe maybe instead of having boys girl boy schools and girls school maybe it will be in the future that those will be eradicated maybe
0: maybe i mean i i don't I don't really understand the need for separating the sexes. I think it's a bit, this is just my personal opinion. Maybe there's research or evidence to show that it's beneficial to the children to separate them. I didn't go to a single sex school. I always went to co-ed schools. Um, And I just feel like we live in a world with men and women. And so we have to learn. How to learn, we have to learn how to learn, we have to learn how to grow, we have to learn how to develop, we have to learn how to interact with the opposite sex. So I don't know if having separate sex schools at, at that time is really valuable. But like I say, I don't know, there must be, I'm guessing, I'm assuming there's some research or evidence to show that it's somehow beneficial. And maybe it's about, um, you know, going through puberty at that time, that particular time in your life, lots going on, hormones, and maybe it's easier to focus on your work without the opposite sex. I don't know. I have no idea what the, what the rationale is for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, do it's, you know? it's interesting Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, there's always been boys' schools. There's always been all-girls' schools. And it's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, in situations where there is gender transition journeys, to see how these two institutions will manage
0: that yeah will be will be but then yeah if you want my opinion the school work with the child to to accommodate the child and their wishes and that it it may mean yeah you'd have to separate things it'd be Mm. interesting it'd be interesting to know how the other kids react i'd be interested to know about that yeah um because it might it might be it might be great because they might be really accepting and embracing this person they know and it's part of their community. It may not matter to them or it might be weird. I don't know, mm. who knows. So yeah, so there we go. There we go, what would you do? Thank yeah. you for that one. Yeah. What that was- would you do? Actually, you know, you never answered the question. What would you do? Well, I can see it from both sides really. So mm. um,
1: I can see it from, the, from a parent side and a child side in the sense that, Okay, well, it's a tricky one because you know it's a it's an environment which is one sex, one gender, and it's always been that way. And then you have a a person in that being in that environment who's then transitioning. So it's a difficult one, or not difficult, one a tricky one to then navigate through. So. Um, yeah, it'd be a case of having conversations around, you know, what is possible, what's not possible, and then just working through. Oh,
0: okay, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, like I said, I don't know the reason, the rationales for these things. I'm not. I'm not. I don't buy into it because something's always been that one way; it has to stay that way. Um, but I don't know the reasons, so. It's, it's Yeah, it is a tricky one in this day and age, you're right.
1: Well, it's a, for me, it's, it's an interesting one for me because um, for me, it's really, it's interesting because, um, you know, we talk about development, we talk about progression mm. and so, and also, you know, we talk about inclusion mm. and so taking the stance of a boy's school and a only boy's school and only girl's school and then kind of having that concept in the topic matter of gender transition. Like so like I said, it's, a, it's an interesting one. And it's an interesting one to see how that's going to evolve, how that will change the landscape of all boys' schools and all girls' schools.
0: Yeah, because it's going to be a thing, isn't it? You're right. Probably going to see more of it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Good, good. I wonder what other people think. Let us know. Yeah. How that should be dealt with in your opinion. Curious to know what you think. Thanks for that, Bath. That was a really good one. Hey, great. Oh, it was a great one. And I'll see you next week. See you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you have as much fun with us today as we did. If what you heard resonated with you, don't forget to show the love and like our YouTube channel, All One with Tracy G. Give us a five-star rating on whichever podcast platform is lucky enough to have this episode because they rock too. Feel free to email stories or questions at alloneinclusive at gmail.com and sign up for my newsletter if updating yourself about everything which goes down sounds like something right up your alley at tracygandu.com. Until the next time, see ya!